Hey there, and welcome to One Bow, Many Arrows. I'm your host, Melina Putnam, and I'm actually in my backyard right now and in the middle of Oklahoma, in the middle of Tornado Alley. If you are listening to this and it's still spring of 2019, we have had a rash of tornadoes over the last week and very stormy weather. So it's actually a nice relief to be able to sit out here, look at my park-like backyard. You may hear some birds tweeting, the sun is out and I am in a much better mood whenever the sun is out and that's definitely something to know about our personality types, right? Is that we all thrive in different conditions and for me, I like the sunshine. So today I'd like to review Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Um, You all probably have heard of her. She has a call to courage on Netflix right now. She is a New York Times and Wall Street Journal and bestseller of several books. I first um, read Daring Greatly probably the year that it came out. back at maybe it was 2009 whenever I read that and she's had several amazing books in the last 10 years and so Dare to Lead is Brave Work, Tough Conversations and Whole Hearts and she says that leadership is not about title status and wielding power. A leader is anyone who takes responsibility for recognizing the potential in people and ideas and has the courage to develop that potential. So that's why I'm reviewing this as part of our personal brand power series because each of us, uh, not only should we be the leader in our own lives, hashtag lead your life, right? Um, And that is also our leadership potential with every relationship that we have. How are we um, being our best selves and bringing out the best in others, in our families, in our friendships, in uh, in our work life if we work? Um, and definitely if you are a business owner. And honestly, that's even leading when you, like myself, might be a solo entrepreneur. I work by myself. However, I'm not with myself all the time. I'm obviously working with other people. I have vendors. I have um, other business owners that I collaborate with. And so how do you lead those relationships? And that's really what personal brand power is all about, is how we show up in our life and how we um, reflect our values and, uh, you know, our performance to other people. And so that's why Dare to Lead is such an amazing book to read, even if you're not leading a big group. Now, I will say, if you're in a corporation, There are a lot of stories in here that will resonate with you because there are more challenges when you're working with uh, a multi-layered, you know, dozens or hundreds or potentially even thousands of people in it. However, um, your performance matters on a one-on-one basis. And so that's what this book really talks about is how to rumble, how do you have tough conversations. And she has some really amazing call-outs in here that I think are very timely and appropriate for people of all ages, even young leaders. So even those in high school and college that are leading uh, organizations, um, it's a great read for them. I wish that I had read more of these things whenever I was in high school and college. I did start reading Dale Carnegie in my 20s, and his program is really fantastic. 
um, how to win friends and influence people. It's so funny. I was at a, a, a race in Western Oklahoma last weekend, and one of the volunteers was sitting at the table highlighting and taking notes. And I said, what are you reading? And she said, how to win friends and influence people. And I thought that is so amazing that that book is still resonating. And she's, she's a millennial. Um, she was probably earlier mid twenties uh, and I, I believe she was a lawyer in town there. So I guess she's probably mid to late twenties then, but but it was amazing that that book still has so many great things to offer. And I believe that Dare to Lead is along that same path with how to win friends and influence people. And so that I, I wanna talk about a few things that, that really resonated with me and how I related it to different aspects of, of my life and those that I work with. And the first one is, uh, and it was actually in section two of the book, the call to courage is clear is kind. Clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. And so, you know, I was reading that at a time that um, I volunteer with my sorority. Um, I'm an Alpha Chi Omega and I'm an advisor for the Oklahoma State chapter um, in Stillwater, Oklahoma and I'm the um, new member advisor. And so when you've got these freshmen or some sophomores that are coming in as new members, they have the new member period. So they're getting to know the rituals, they're getting to know um, about the traditions and, and the values, you know, what are all the characteristics and you have to hit all those. And so in that time frame. Uh, there's just a lot of information. Um, Greek life is very busy. Um, they're very involved on campus, so there's a lot of volunteering, and there's a lot of um, commitments and that sort of thing. And so, uh, when you have that much information thrown at you, and there's daily communication, you've got to be here, and then here's what you need to do, and it can be kind of confusing. Like, what's mandatory? What is um, optional? And so. In that context, being clear is kind. If, if we are not clear about our expectations, we are setting others up for failure. So then think of that statement in all the areas of your life. If you have a romantic partner, being clear about what a good relationship is and how you all can get along is the kind thing to do. And unclear is unkind because then you're you're running around and you're pissed because your partner did something that upset you and they didn't know that that was something that that upset you or that you expected them to do something let's say it was a chore or something else and they didn't do it um so that's why i do talk so much about self-awareness and even you know self-assessment and getting in assessments with your partner too that is why i am a huge fan of uh, Myers-Briggs personality type and Enneagram typing, you know, to understand how we view the world and what our expectations are, but then it's not enough to just understand how we see the world. Then we've got to reach across the aisle, right, and understand that other people don't see the world the same way. And so to understand where your partner's coming from. So then that leads to, you got to have communication. You've got to relay that to say, you know, I'm unsatisfied about this. And so then that does take some rumbling, that does take some tough conversations. Um, 
to be able to fix it instead of going off in silence. And so I love that Brene um, talks about that really well here. So that was the first thing um, that really hit me that I think we can all relate to. Um, another one, and this was in section, free, section three, which she calls the armory, leaders must either invest a reasonable amount of time attending to fears and feelings or squander an unreasonable amount of time trying to manage ineffective and unproductive behavior. So that makes so much sense. Why don't we, as soon as you hear that an issue is rising, deal with it then instead of thinking, oh, well, let's just see how this plays out. You know, maybe the um, client will get over it. Maybe the customer will calm down. Maybe um, let's just see how they feel in a week. No, it's better to go ahead and respond right then. I know I got an email last week and um, someone that is in one of my organizations was talking about kind of the value and time commitment and that sort of thing in the group. And so basically really relating, if I look between the lines, kind of relaying fears and feelings. And we need to, to go ahead and talk about that right then. And so then I responded with, um, again, kind of what are the expectations? Like, let's be on the same page of what this means in terms of time and value and that sort of thing. So, um, so if you are a leader, and again, this could even be in your family, to go ahead and deal with it up front. And that way, we don't let the feelings fester. And I know for, for some who are not, who avoid conflict, they might let those feelings go for a while and, or maybe show them in passive aggressive ways. And that's not good. So, um, you know, one of the things she says here is in the past, jobs were about muscles. Now they're about brains, but in the future, they'll be about the heart. And so that's actually um, a quote from the director of the London School of, of Economics. So, you know, we talk about, I think one of the things that people initially, when they hear about Brene Brown and, oh, she's talking about vulnerability and it's like, oh, she's talking about, you know, ooey gooey uh, feelings and, um, people being too sensitive and all that but in reality this is not a it's not really about sensitivity it's more about um just real talk right it, it's about being honest about our feelings and and really being empathetic and so that's the other part that that she talks about in the book is is how to do that. And so she has, I love this list. Okay, so in that chapter about um, armored leadership, she says, um, practicing integration means having a strong back, soft front, wild heart. The opposite of living in a world of false binaries is practicing integration, the act of bringing together all the parts of ourselves, as we talked about earlier. We are all tough and tender, scared and brave, grace and grit. I mean, how powerful is that? She talks about that some in uh, Braving the Wilderness as well. So, um, you know, the thing is, as a leader, uh, we do have to resist that um, that urge to always be right. And uh, being a knower is like, um, we kind of use that as armor. And that's why she's saying that to be open to 
Um, that, that, is a, that is a culture problem, and it's definitely a problem if there is a hierarchy in your organization and to where if the CEO, the president, the manager, whatever, is the one that's like, oh, well, what they say goes, then you're not going to have a very fluid um, you know, communication and be open to having those rumble conversations because people will be fearful of losing their jobs or getting a backlash. And that happens all the time. I know here in Oklahoma that happened at um, the University of Oklahoma recently where a professor had, um, you know, talked publicly and openly about um, some of the processes and things that were happening at the university. And I believe she lost her tenure and um, there, there, she definitely felt like there was a personal backlash about it. So the culture does have to be uh, ripe for this kind of leadership from the top down. And that's a challenge. And a lot of people don't know how to do it because our culture is not really set up that way. And I think that's why Brene Brown's books resonate so much with us is because um, these are so challenging to do. It's not like it's an easy thing. So she's saying... Um, that during leadership means modeling clarity, kindness, and hope. Um, staying clear and kind, practicing the courage to say what you mean and mean what you say. Cynicism and sarcasm often mask anger, fear, feelings of inadequacy, and even despair. Um, if what's under cynicism and sarcasm is despair, the antidote is cultivating hope. So think about that as how can you cultivate hope in your organization, in your family, in your nonprofits that you that you work at. Um, and she says the three parts to that are goal, pathway, and agency. We identify a realistic goal, um, we figure out the pathway to get there, and uh, you know, always have that plan B in mind too. And then agency is the belief in our ability to stay on the path until we've arrived. And so that's meaning like, I know I can do this. And that is something that I'm definitely working on this year, um, you know, as a creative, as a brand strategist, and as a storyteller, all, I have to have all those components together to really have the agency to know that I can see the project through and to not get distracted because I always love the, uh, the new and the different. And as a society now, we we are so drawn to uh, stimulants that it changes our brains. We love the stimulation and the adrenaline rush that we get from checking our phones, from getting that text message, from uh, the notification of someone left you a message on Instagram or how many likes you got. It's super distracting and that, that can definitely take away from our leadership ability because we do need to be able to stay on track and have that clear path set and share that with everyone in our um, relationships so that you can get so that you can reach the goals that you have for for those. Um, okay, so the other thing that I wanted to mention is, you know, using power with, power to, and power within. And so um, this reminded me of uh, the She Leads conference. So She stands for Smart, Honest, and Empowered. And it is a conference that I put on um, 
this, what was it, March? This March of this year with Patty Rankin, um, my best friend that lives in San Antonio, and she came up here to Oklahoma City. We co-hosted the event. We had amazing speakers in all different life areas, and our focus was really um, how how we can relay that um to have that honesty, the real talk, and we wanted all of our speakers to be super honest, and we wanted it to be an interactive conference. We wanted feedback. We wanted um, all these uh, female uh, participants to know that they are empowered that to lead their life, and so that's what this reminded me um, when, when Brene talks about power with has to do with finding common ground among different interests in order to build collective strength based on mutual support, solidarity, collaboration, and recognition, and respect for differences, power with multiplies individual talents, knowledge, and resources to make a larger impact. So bringing in the experts from all these different areas did that. Um, you do the same thing in your organization on the type of people that you bring in and each of their strengths. You do the same thing in Greek life and sororities and fraternities, having the leaders and having the membership um, really drive the direction and upholding the values and also adding to that with all of their individual strengths. And again, that's what personal brand power is, is that we each have, that we are our own unique um, superpower and that it's understanding that us doing our best and understanding ourselves and our passions and um, working on our platform to make a difference helps us to serve others better. So it is not an ego thing. It's definitely an outward service um, program. So that's why I'm so passionate about that. And so power two translates to giving everyone on your team agency and acknowledging their unique potential. And it's based on the belief that each individual has the power to make a difference. So when you are empowering your team members to, um, to, to, to have the goal and to, to reach the goal, and then you give them the tools to reach the goal and help them stay on target, that's what agency is all about. And instead, what we see a lot of times in companies is that the leaders, um, they act like they've given the authority to their workers, but then it's snatched away from them, often for no reason. And, and again, if there were, were not clear expectations up front, then that's why that can happen as well. So if they didn't relay um, when, uh, you know, when something's due or how they want it done, going over the processes, that sort of thing. So the power two is really, really, really a good one. And then the power within is defined by an ability to recognize differences and respect others grounded in a strong foundation of self-worth and self-knowledge. Um, you know, so when we operate from that, that place of power within, we feel comfortable challenging assumptions and long-held beliefs, pushing against the status quo and asking if there aren't other ways to achieve the highest common good. So again, that goes back to that you don't know everything and that your way not may not be the right way. You know, for every problem, there are multiple solutions. There's really not just one way to get something done. And I think that's cool. And I think that's what creativity is all about. So we need to embrace that as leaders. Okay, you know, this book is so fantastic and I feel like I could talk about it all day long. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll lead, uh, actually I'll leave with, um, 
just really putting empathy into into practice and think about how you can think of things from um, the other people's lenses and to have that that grounded confidence in yourself as a leader and really work on your rumble skills and stay curious stay curious about um, how to reach the goal how to solve problems how to work better with others and um, then put those things into practice and by doing those things I guarantee that you will be a strong leader so I will leave you with that Um, right now if you'd like another book recommendation I'll tell you what the next one's going to be that I will cover is um, The Art of Gathering and it is fantastic if you have any events um, that you are in charge of at all even if it's birthday parties at home um, and especially if you're in charge of events for social organizations or nonprofits or conferences, it really talks about the meaning of events and how to transform your events into something that is that really resonates with your guests. And it goes pretty deep into several different areas and all the way from the inception of the idea um, all the way down to the event itself and then the follow-up of it. So that will be the next podcast probably. Um, You know, I always say that I'm going to try to do more podcasts. I love this so much. Um, taking the time to review and share ideas and hopefully encourage you as a leader um, to embrace your personal brand power and remember that um, you have one bow that's one life one brand one personal brand that's you but many arrows and those arrows are our thoughts ideas and choices and those are the actions that create our behaviors and help us to reach our goals so and, and, and by goals, that also means just living a fulfilling life of purpose. And I want that for each of you. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing. If you'd like more information and more resources, you can visit my website, malinalot.com, M-A-L-E-N-A-L-O-T-T.com. Um, if you are in the Oklahoma City area, I have um, Chicks in Charge is a group that is based on social networking for boss chicks and leaders, whether you're an entrepreneur or intrapreneur. And we have four seasonal public parties open to all chicks, really fostering female friendships and supporting women business owners. And so Chicksella is our, um, our, our seasonal party. It's the day after the summer solstice and it'll be at Wheeler Park, um, which is fantastic Ferris wheel there by the Oklahoma River. So we've rented out that pavilion. We'll have a DJ. We'll have pop-up shops of of Boss Chick. So if you're listening to this um, before June 22nd, then um, please do uh, go check that out, chicksinchargeok.com. You can find out more information about the group. And then um, the tickets for that particular party are already on Eventbrite. If you're around the country, I would just like to encourage you to get out and, and support Boss Chicks and support each other and really think about collaboration over competition because so often we can be stronger by working together and I think that women are great at that. So I will um, leave you with that and I hope you have a fabulous summer and I will talk to you again soon.